hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Uh, two special guests today. Uh, we got some friends from Team Realtree here today. David Blanton and Cole. Cole, what's your last Bar- name? Barthel. Barthel. Thanks for thanks for coming by and doing this today, guys. We really appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's my first time to Green Top, the store. It's incredible. It's everything I heard it was. Cole had been kind of setting me up. Now you're really going to be blown away when you see this store. Well, I, I was. Oh, we appreciate that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Appreciate the upsell. I know you are. You I get to visit a lot of them, and this is uh, – very impressive store. Cool. Appreciate Especially that. East Coast over here, it's very impressive. We get kind of blind to it because we come in the back door and you go in the back office, you kind of forget how big your store is and That's how much right. how That's much right. really goes That's on right. out there. Yep. So, David, uh, I grew up watching Monster Bucks. Mm. You're all with real tree, right? Yes. Now, you don't actually work for a tree. <laughs> I am a real tree. Okay. It looks okay. like a real okay. tree. Right. I just want to get that. I want yeah, to clear yeah, the air yeah. before we get into yeah. this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I grew up watching watching you. And uh, and and just following, you know, kind of waiting for the next, uh, the next uh, VHS or DVD or next whatever volume. to come out. Oh, back then, when we started the video series, right after I went to work for Bill, there was no such thing as Outdoor Channel, Pursuit, Sportsman. It, there was only a couple of ch- channels that had TV shows, and we weren't even on a TV show yet. Right. That was Bill's goal. And in the meantime, before we got, while we were waiting to get approval to get on TV, Bill said, we're, we're going to sell a video. We're going to film a video. And that's when we started. So the popularity of Monster Bucks through the years, and this will be our 31st anniversary this year, reached an all-time high probably around 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. before people could go to YouTube, all the networks that air hunting shows. Or your sales were direct. Everybody waited, like you said, Hunter, everybody waited for the for the store, for the first VHS copies to hit the store shelf Yep. so they could get their fix on deer hunting. And and that was the popularity of Monster Bucks. Yeah, and it was and it was incredible because you know we would talk about it in the club, you know, because anybody who hadn't seen the latest version yet, they were like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta rent it, or I yeah, go, let me go borrow see, that, let me borrow I gotta go that, get it, yeah, you yep. know." And we just, you know, because in Virginia, yeah, it's we do get some pretty nice bucks around here. I mean, but oh yeah. Nothing like there's not many that are considered monsters, right? Yeah, yeah. on a on a grand level. Well, what's, what's interesting is, and Cole will attest to this because t- Cole is starting to host Real Tree Outdoors as well. So Cole is coming on as a host also. Now mo- most of his time is spent calling on big important retailers like yourself. But we are living in the golden age of deer hunting right now, no doubt, without question, and. Uh, the first video we ever put out was called Whitetails in the Wild. I don't know if you remember that one or not. It was the one before we we started Monster Bucks. I think there were 13 or 14 hunts on it. I think the average size of the buck that we take took on that maybe 140 inches, 135, 140 inches. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it was amazing the response back then because that was a big deer back then. Sure. Yeah. 
but not many people. You say that's going on 30, 32 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now, depending on the year, let's just say five or six years ago, Monster Bucks, 25, depending on what the hunts you had submitted from our pro staff along with what we took, they got to make a cut, and and you may kill a hundred and forty inch deer, and it may not make the cut. Doesn't yeah. even make the the film series. It's unbelievable yeah. the quality of the deer sure. hunting right now in our country. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. is. It's probably the golden age of conservation too. Golden age of land management. It's a golden age. It's a big grand scheme. It's a, the equipment you use, the bullets, arrows, everything goes into wanting to kill bigger and better because you work harder and things cost more. Hundred percent, for sure. It's not just Illinois and Kansas now; it's everywhere. Yeah, correct. A little bit of management and uh, age. um, Which this was probably a fluky boy in Stafford killed a hundred and seventy-three inch deer. Yeah, that's right. Practically outside of a neighborhood. I mean, a giant, a beast. He was like twenty-seven inches wide. It's huge. I heard a story. It just Mm. they pop up out of nowhere. Where, like you say, twenty-five years ago, probably fewer deer got mounted because there was fewer mountable deer. Or the the standard has changed. Used to mount a hundred inch deer. Now I don't even shoot hundred thirty inch deer. Everything has kind of evolved. I heard a guy who was personal friends with this hunter. I don't remember his name. He he he's a diehard bow hunter. He shot a deer last year with his bow that grossed two hundred seventy six inches. Fair chase, and you'll never see a picture of it. You'll never hear about it because he does not want. Anyone to know? Because he says, he says that's not why I hunt. Sure, right? not yeah. for the attention. Sure. sure, and he doesn't want the attention. But it's legit, fair chase. Wow. Yep. Two seventy in the Midwest. <laughs> it was in the Midwest. Yeah. Wow. Central yeah. country. Wow. Has no desire to put it in a record book. Yep. Just a purist. He's a purist. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and and more of that needs to needs to. I guess we need to embrace that mm-hmm. as a community, as a hunting community. Kind of the not knowing. You know, yeah. Because uh, we talked earlier about, you know, you got to get your kids more involved, not just in hunting, but it's just the outdoors. That's 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 the main thing. That's mm-hmm. what's most important. They are the future, and they're the future of, of this community and uh, of conservation of, of everything, you know. Um, Cole, you, you go around a lot to a lot of stores. Uh, you know, do you see – a lot of dealers are that are concerned about the future of uh, of hunting in general, or 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 just or do you at see this any industry. Of their, their marketing, their sales pushed or based towards kids or women. Women and children are probably the two do, that you, you know, want to pick up the since, most. Man, you know, we talk about COVID, and we talk about when COVID hit, and uh, I think we just had such an uptick in in everything from fishing to hunting to kids to women to camping to everything sure. yeah. like you said we're living in the golden age we're living in the golden age of the amount of hunters out there as well and that's yeah. why most of the companies in in the outdoor industry are are um are doing really well right kind of embracing that yeah. yeah i mean i know everybody compares sales from the covid years and things and i mean it'd be hard to go back and top that i mean some do don't get yeah. me wrong you can but sure i mean we're living in the golden age of that as well just yep. the amount of hunters and the amount of females and kids and and i think that's awesome though like you said getting the kids involved and i mean it just helps all around yeah well, you I mean, saw it a lot in the gun world but it really spiked in archery there was something you can do in the mm-hmm. backyard mm-hmm. in a neighborhood oh, you can own a quarter mm-hmm. acre and you can buy a fishing rod and a, and a genesis bow you know that's, that's crazy. crazy that fishing just just 
Took off, and me and him can't catch a fish for nothing. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Barely. My little boy is three and four year old. Can and wear you out. Yes, yeah. yeah. Better than me. Yeah. We're not the expert fishermen. And but he jumped in so early and he latched on to it, you know, something he can really focus on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys br- have always brought excitement to hunting. And that's what a lot of the monster buck videos or the, you know, any of the outdoor channel shows bring to it because that's what you want. You want to get excited. You want it to be entertaining. Um, are there any other secrets that you all or any things, any particular things that you all do to mix things up, um, you know, change things up a little bit, hunt different locations, anything in particular? And well, killing big deer always helps. Well, that always no, helps. Yeah. Having a big well, deer on the cover certainly but helps. But to that point, I'm, I'm past that, though. In my career, I've gone over that ridge, and I'm on the back hill side. Killing big deer now is not my priority as it once was. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, it's become more and more, and the people I talk to that are older, they've gone through the same progression. I've I've, I've done the learning, trying to shoot the biggest deer on the piece of property, the biggest elk. Now, for me, it's literally about the people. The hunt itself, not the animal, but the hunt itself, fellowship and fun. And a lot of, and I know Cole agrees with that, but a lot of it for, for both of us is I'm more aware of how blessed I am by God above to do what I do. Mm-hmm. He allowed me to have this career. Sure. Only by his hand was I able to have this career, and there's a there's a level of, of humility that, that is associated with that. Absolutely. And you realize that, truthfully, it, it's nothing to do with what I did. It was all his plan. Mm-hmm. So there there's a sense of gratitude that you can't find anywhere else when you, when you realize that. So, mm-hmm. but uh, for me, I'm I'm over the the got to shoot the biggest deer on the piece of property i think david last year he came back from um, new mexico and i think he said you know he's, he's killed a lot of good elk in his day and he said that this may have been my favorite hunt of the year last year did not kill a elk. Hmm. did not kill one got close never came to full draw never yeah. came never even drew back his cool one of the funnest elk hunts i've ever he been on he's ever been on and yeah. you know it kind of puts it in perspective when you come to that point in your life you know Man, you don't have to kill every time. Right. I know we just get mm-hmm. infatuated whether we sure. kill it. You got to hit a limit of ducks. You yep. have to kill a limit, yep. and or you got to you can't stop five short. You got to stay extra Correct. five hours. Just Correct. To kill just a to scratch God, one more I've duck. Yeah, more time <laughs> trying to do that in my life. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Oh, and hunting yeah. a place with no ducks where a oh, magical gosh, duck's gonna fly out the sky. Oh yeah. But to go back to that, that it meant something last year when he told me that because we'd been on a hunt to 7J together, some other hunts, and then he said, man, that was my favorite hunt because I didn't, didn't even kill one. Yeah. And um, so that means something. So he is speaking the truth on sure. that. Sure, and I feel some of that yeah. on a much smaller scale. Is, is The way we hunt around here, the land that I hunt, I'm fourth generation to hunt on that land, and I do things that my grandfather my great-grandfather did on the same piece of ground. Wow. And I'm like, man, this is a great, great hunt. I don't even want to knock safety off. I, it's almost like a catch and release. I, mm-hmm. I see them. I get an opportunity. Sometimes you perk up. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't. But I, I'm just so glad to be out here. Within now, sight of my house. Now, now I'll I'm go right back here. and clarify what I said. I, I do not fault, nor do I judge, the hunters that are in that part of their hunting career. Sure. Or, sure. or as a hunter, some of them may not do it for a living, that are still 
trying to take the biggest deer on their piece of property. Sure. Hey, two thumbs up. I I admire and I respect that. Sure. So I'm not knocking that at all. I I mean, the trophy hunter is a special breed, too. Absolutely. A dedicated breed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need all of them. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It takes all types. Absolutely. I think we all have that cycle about us, and I I feel like I'm growing into that. I mean, I have a daughter now, and, you know, my father's getting up in age, and my uncle's getting up in age, and those are my hunting partners, you know what I mean? And uh, last last season, I went with Dad, and I just said he, he told me what he saw. And I said, "Well, you didn't shoot." He goes, "Man, I could care less." He goes, "I'm just out here with you. That's all yeah. that matters to me." And you know, because I don't get to have that, I don't get to have that time as much anymore because mm-hmm. I'm building a family, and I don't get to see him as much. So uh, it, it it meant a lot to him for me to just be there. And I think to your point, that's that's kind of kind of the same ballpark, same thing. It's a know? great place to be mentally and emotionally. Yep. Sure. Yep. When you show up at camp at. to do a TV show and you realize you're going to walk away, God willing, you're going to walk away with a great episode whether you shoot a giant deer or not. Yeah. Or whether you knock an arrow or not. Yep. You're going to you're going to have a great episode. And you'll end up having through your you have a long hunting season September probably through the better part of January. You end up having more good hunts and you could kill less or have less opportunities when you don't just because they're all good hunts when you show yeah. up yeah yeah there's no pressure i don't have to i don't have to shoot my bow today I, i'm just gonna go on a walk today mm-hmm. i like to get close to an elk today it's just still we can do yeah you talk about the excitement like you mentioned a while ago and david will tell you the number one thing that we feel like people like to see is a good miss Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm good at that. Yeah. You're really good at that. I'm really good. So, Y'all don't hold us sometimes. We, we got a whole crew of fellas good at that. Especially with a bow to see a good miss on oh, a big yeah. deer. Oh, yeah. To see that person's reaction afterwards. Because, you know, that's a great perspective because the guy good. on the couch wants to see him get hit, but he doesn't expect you to get hit well, captured. David's always said, he said, no, we're going to run every miss we have. Absolutely. We're run them. Yeah. It's, sure. ca- it's catch and release. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> My catch and release is kind of looking through the scope and saying, I got you. And over, like, over, the years, <laughs> over the years, I show up at an event, consumer event, I have literally have so many people come up and want to talk about the deer I've missed in my career. Yeah. And I tell people, look, I, I miss deer on purpose for your entertainment. <laughs> sure. So you can laugh at it's it. All, it. It's course, all time. Course, perfectly. Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. It's choreographed. Everything's yeah. perfect. Everybody always, it's no fun when somebody hits them on the shoulder yeah. every yeah. time. Correct. So yeah. I, it, it's kind of... Special to this area, it's a southern, southeastern thing where we run dogs and we hunt. And it's a, it's more of a show. It's it's kind of walking the line between a traditional English fox hunt where it's horseback and 30 hounds. And it's kind of more like rabbit hunting where it's running, going, I got to get in front, I got to get in front, I got to get a shot. It is so much more fun when somebody misses a deer and you run him for four hours and 14 people miss him and it gets by everybody. And yeah. that's what you talk about at the end of the year party. Nobody remembers when Hunter killed a seven-pointer in one shot on a stand he'd been sitting on four hours. That's not okay. exciting. When they, when he missed that two does coming across the field at 40 yards, they like run over top of him. That's what everybody's excited about. Yeah, no, it's it's the, uh... the opportunity – that you call it catch and release, if you will, but it's it. getting there, sealing the deal, and then it didn't work in my favor today. It's all, all right. fun. Five dollars a miss. Every, yeah, for, you yeah. We're two dollars a miss shot you know, or a dollar yeah. a miss shot. Yeah, was, uh, that's worth that's worth more. A lot of the club down the street that cuts your shirt tail off every time you yeah. miss a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all. I mean, there's hundred dollar shirts. There's twenty dollar shirts. They, some guys keep one in their truck. Looks like cut up shop rag and cut a piece off. Throw it on the board. And some yeah. of the best entertainment you'll ever hear is what. Gets said on a radio 
oh, during, yeah. a, during a during, during a chase. A, during a chase, yeah, it it's is a, uh, it's pure entertainment. It's like your movie Convoy, where it's nonstop trucker talk. It's it's <laughs> insanity, and and it's all and the fun's over when you killed a deer. You know, the fun is the chase. This is getting after For them sure, and hundred percent uh, yeah. running out of gas, and you forgot to put gas in your truck that morning. You're riding hot pursuit, and then the engine gives out, or somebody pulls the e brake, or somebody knocks the transfer case in neutral, and you go start your truck, and you can't move. Oh, oh it's uh, it's the best. You <laughs> hate it. You love to hate it, but it's a ton of fun. So y'all but, done it more than one time, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about 30 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, There's an open invite. Everybody who's ever come on that show, yeah. you want to yeah. come yeah, on the chase. That's right. You're more we than even, welcome. We've invited Michael, and yeah. uh, he, he would probably uh, – have fun just listening to the radio. I think. Yeah, leave them in the truck. Yeah. Stay close. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to run to my stand and run back to the truck and then I lose you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we chatted about the history of uh, of the company and everything, and you and and you told me something I hadn't. I didn't realize. I, I knew you'd been with uh, Realtree a long time, but uh, you you were there from the kind of the beginning. Well, you know, Realtree came out in '86, mm-hmm. and I started filming with Bill in '90. Okay. So almost. Uh, the the second gen pattern the the original when he laid the leaves on top yep. that was when I came on board. Okay. So I've been there quite a long time. So to watch that company and what Bill has done with that company over the years has been has been incredible. It has. And there's not many hunting companies out there, successful hunting companies out there now that remain a hundred percent privately owned. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and it's such a blessing. Because Bill Jordan, he didn't start that business to sell it. He started that business because he loves it, and that's and and his family loves it, and that is the greatest security. As long as you do your job, you don't have to worry about being bought out by a big conglomerate. Yep. And every, and they come in and they cut the payroll because mm-hmm. Bill Jordan cares too much about his employees to to do that. Right. So it's been a it's been a really it's been a real blessing to work for a company like that, and Cole can attest to that. And kind of got in a market that didn't exist, for and then sure. Got ahead of his time, and then stayed ahead of his time at le- at a minimum stayed modern for the last going on forty years. Well, if you remember, Jim Crumley came out with Tree Bark from here in Virginia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I want to say eighty one, eighty two. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure. So, but sounds but, right. Yeah. Before Bill came mm-hmm. out of real tree, and it was incredible. So, so that was the first designer camo to ever hit the, the market. Mm-hmm. And Jim and his wife are just fabulous people. Um, so Bill got to thinking because it was based on like a real white oak. Yeah. Oh yeah. The original tree bark. Yep. So Bill looked at the southern oaks and thought, okay, well I can do that in the south with this look. And I'm gonna call it real tree. And uh, but where Bill, I tell people, Bill is the typical successful entrepreneur. He had a vision, and what Bill did differently than anybody was when Bill came out with real tree. He knew he needed the promotion. Well, back then, everybody read hunting magazines. Mm-hmm. They didn't watch TV. There was no TV sure. shows. There were no videos. It was hunting magazines. Mm-hmm. So Bill leased this big chunk of ground right there by where we live. He now owns part of what it was. And he would invite these, the top outdoor riders, hunting riders in to deer hunt, turkey hunt, deer hunt, to come in, hunt with us. They do an article in a magazine and 
to accompany that article, they always would also sell a full page color photo of a hunter with the with a game or sitting up against a tree. And that was where Bill really distanced himself from everybody because he would bring in these writers, and it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But Bill, would, he was such a people person, sure. he could bring in these writers just nonstop. And so when the magazines hit the following year, there's a picture of this guy wearing this pattern called Real Tree, and they would mention it in the article. Sure, that was the that was the foundation of Bill's marketing plan. Yeah, it was more of a more of a writer's hunt or a hunting. A hunting subject, a hunting paragraph, a hunting article, not as much of a clothing article, but it was good plugs and then the page right there beside it. Because the top Can't writers, they would come all day if you're going to let them hunt. Sure. sure. Yeah. They'd do anything for free. Come on. Yeah. Come hunt. Come on. We'll feed you. And, it, you it, and it really is the foundation of real tree success, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. And just ran that as long as it would go. Then it turned into TV media and not social long media. After that. Sure. That's right. Yep. Wow. Um, you guys have – I know y'all. we were talking, y'all got a busy month ahead because it, it, it's uh, it's that one of those favorite times of the year for, I think, just about all four of us. We have had a busy month. Well, that's right, because yeah. y'all have been hunting down – y'all have been sure. hunting down south, I've right? already – I've turkey hunted Florida, South Texas, South Carolina, and South Georgia this past weekend for youth season. Okay. Excellent. So we're rolling yeah. on turkeys. Good right luck. Now. Good luck so far. Yes, it's Good. been it's, it's been a there. wonderful year so far. Plenty of birds. Good. They're not hinned up yet. Good. It's been great. The gobblers have been responding to the call. Now we realize we're going to hit that period where they're going to get hinned up, and it yeah. it is it's it's frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the y'all are hunting down south. We get a lot of guys because we we talk to everybody that comes in, and we hunt ourselves, but we talk to guys and figure out what's going on out in the woods. A lot of birds are gobbling on the roost. A lot of birds are flying down, and they are just shutting up. Now, whether they're hinned up, a lot of people are have this idea that uh, with the um, the coyote population increasing, that they, they are definitely having an effect on how the birds act during the springtime. Uh, you guys seeing that or hearing that from – I mean, because you guys, you, you guys travel a lot more sure. and, and do see other, uh, other people. So. I would say different parts of the – the country we see more of the predator deal as far as man but when that you know as well as i do when that turkey when it's on yeah. it's that time you can I don't tell know if the predator matters yeah you're right you know there's a mm-hmm. just like a deer in full rut i don't mm-hmm. know how long it is for that turkey but when he knows it's on for that hen or whatever yep he's made his mind up i would say i don't know dave it's just a pure speculation but i would say when you know when they shut up I'm, i tend to lean toward they got hens you know yep. yeah. the same cliche statement sure. that, that most people say yep. can you get them to break off can you get them to leave or let's wait until they lose their hand yeah. or they breed their hand and, but I would say the predator does have an effect on that in certain places maybe more than others yeah. sure um, I think predator go yeah. ahead, go ahead. no I think predators play a little part but I, I do agree with Cole my experience has been even in areas where they have a lot of coats yeah the turkeys when they hit the ground and they will gobble if, if they really want that hen to come because Mother Nature is the hens go to the gobbler. Yep. We're trying to reverse Mother Nature yep. mm-hmm. in the words of the immortal Ben Lee. That's right. Yeah. We're trying to reverse Mother Nature. But when that turkey flies down he's been gobbling on the limb and he flies down and he just shuts up. I saw it with my own eyes last week in, in uh, South Georgia. They're hand up. They've just got – it can be just one hen. Mm-hmm. 
But when they don't have a hen, they tend to gobble more. Not, do the coyotes play into it a little bit? Sure, they do. Yeah. But but you still catch them later in the morning at 8, 30, 9 o'clock turn. It starts warming up. They start splitting up a little bit. A whole lot of birds get killed plus or minus 9 o'clock. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I would think if there was coyotes around, he'd never get a better chance to kill one that's got one at 830. That's, that's, right. that's when he'd catch him. He's on the ground. He lets four or five out, and coyotes got him. He's, he's got him mm-hmm. cornered. So I, I think it does play a role some, maybe initially, maybe right at first light when there's 20 gobbles going off instead of just one where he can really pin you down, a coyote can. But when he hits the ground at 8, 830, 9 o'clock, and he's looking for a second wind, I think your predators would totally shut them down, or it's, like you said, going not as big of an issue. It'll kind of just take care of itself. Turkey's going to do what a turkey's going to do, just like a rutting deer. Yeah. What do we do when a tur- when a coyote goes to screaming? What do we do? We stop and listen. Cause yeah. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. I need to not go over there if or you're the turkey. Like, or, <laughs> sure. or do I hear a gobble or whatever? Yeah, you know, right. It seem like yep. that because they yeah. gobble a lot of that. So I don't know. That's just an opinion. So That's we, my opinion. We did an interview yeah. with the – we've done a couple with the – what is Matt, the lead whitetail biologist for Virginia? He's a head of the deer program. Yeah. So he's he talks. He's, he's the guy knows deer, lives and breathes deer. Spent the last thirty years looking at Virginia's herd. He said deer are going to do what deer are going to do. And he said we, the people, humanize them too much. Well, that deer didn't come over here because that sticks in his way. That deer never thought about that stick. <laughs> that deer does not think about sticks. He doesn't think about developments. He doesn't think about. I wonder if it's going to be cold Tuesday, you know. But we think, as the hunter, well, it's going to be cold Tuesday. I'm going to get them. So we we kind of manifest this made up thing that the, the turkey's not gobbling because there's predators and there's hens, and I'm not wearing the newest camo. I, all these things are working against me. But the turkey's going to be a turkey, and the deer's going to be a deer. We just got to do our part to cut them off. And if he get that, that, talking about the weather, he said deer rut in Texas every year. He said, you ain't got to worry about it being hot. The deer, the deer is going to do his thing. Even in the southeast, yeah. they're yeah. going to rut. Yeah. The Every the year, people the say, same. man, the birds are gobbling early. Well, you had one 50-degree day in January, and a couple of jakes started yelling at you. I don't I don't think they're all gobbling early. You know, It, it always seems to fall within a – Matt pinned it down to like a five-day area on Virginia's deer. Right? And I would say the turkeys are probably plus or minus a week. You're going to get them right, and it's going to fall in the season. Well, now, I will say in, in Georgia, I, I beg to differ – because if we get an unusually warm length of time mm-hmm. in February, early March, those turkeys are noticeably ahead. And we will, too. Because of that warmer weather. Sure. They yeah. really are. Yeah. Uh, now, when you say extended period, 10 or more days? Oh, I'm talking about like sometimes we'll we'll have three or four weeks yeah. of yeah. unseasonably warm. Sure. And then just spirals it in. Oh, yeah. They're yep. rocking. Uh, it, yep. it's you're sweating it. You're like, oh, shoot, it's going to be over. It's going to be time. over before it starts. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I have noticed over the years for me, and Cole may attest to this, when I first started turkey hunting, our Easterns at home on the land would start gobbling in the dark. Whereas you couldn't move on a turkey because it was too dark to see all the branches. Sure. And you certainly couldn't use a light. It was that dark. Now, our turkey, the first gobble, you can plain as day walk through the yep. woods. Mm-hmm. They they don't gobble as early on the limb as they used to years ago. Why? I would say the same in my house, too. I don't know the answer to that one. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I don't know the answer to. I would say the same trend mm-hmm. from when I was a 10-year-old to now I'm going on 28. They do not I would, gobble I would, I would in the dark. the same thing. Yep. Yep. Used to hear them all the time. You'd walk out the house at 530, getting ready, getting ready to get ready, and you'd hear them. 
you know, the 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 door in the truck would gobble them before you're you're thirty minutes before you've even hunted. Hundred yep. percent. Yeah. And it's a it's an exciting time of year just to hear that. You know, it's like yeah. some, some of my best memories with my dad were turkey hunting. You know, I like being in the just, foliage as it changes. You hunt one spot today, and you come back eight days later, it looks totally different. Yeah. I, I love seeing that. That's really neat. And you think you got him, and what sounds like 300 yards today might be 200 yards next week, and you he beats you every time. He's a smart bird. Because Cole's fixing to get busy. You're hunting Louisiana this weekend, and then you go straight to Texas, or Texas and then Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then New Mexico. Yep, and then we come back together. But I would say in this turkey, man— I think it's a wildlife miracle for a turkey to even make it. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. I think it's like everything's designed to kill them. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> how, I mean, how long does it take before they can get up in a tree? Yeah. After they hatch. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. How do they? I mean, it's a wildlife miracle. To yeah. How a hen can control six, eight, ten poults that can't fly for months. Yeah. yeah. The amount of predators that are in yep. every state now. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all know that a hen turkey? has the ability to start a brand new clutch of eggs in a new nest up to i think it's 60 days since the last time she was bred really and that's because she can have a full clutch of eggs in a nest and they get destroyed by a skunk or a raccoon or whatever mm-hmm. and she can go and start a brand new nest and have never been bred again i got really really mm-hmm. Hmm. I did not know that. A biologist told me that. I don't know wow. the exact days, but it's a long time wow. they have that ability. Hmm. Doesn't have to be bred again. That for for a long time, they're still fertile. They can produce an egg. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. No, but you you're right, Cole. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a miracle that they make it as long as they do. Did any of them make just, it? Yeah. You know, we we have some deer in in Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas where I think the predators I don't know why I think they're worse I guess because I spend a lot of time out there I feel like it's unbelievable the coats and yeah, stuff and yeah. the fawns yeah. make it and we have deer with mm-hmm. four to one we have a seven well one spot seven to one doe to fawn ratio it's bad we've had 15 to one before mm. it's just awful Ooh. but mm. A turkey, man. I just don't see how they make. Man, you can get <laughs> yeah. rained on too much and drown them. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, not even count. I can drown a live bird. I mean, a, a mature bird. And I feel, like, take too much I feel like the coons follow me wherever I'm mm-hmm. hunting turkeys. They're the coons. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, people yeah. don't trap like they used to. Sure. No, you're right. Yeah. There's no yeah. value in in any sort of. And so trap. that has that. We and down south, the landowners, the game managers down south will say that because nobody traps anymore. Most people don't trap anymore. The the coons and the possums and the skunks and the armadillos and the they're just everything that can break an egg gets mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Well, you know that's yep. an old trick of the trade. If you want to get access to somebody's property, go trap for them. If if yep. they got beaver problems, go trap for yeah, them. Yeah, go you shoot them. Go trap them. It's a good way to get in and hunt their property because yep. we were talking earlier. Yep. One of the biggest issues is leases these days and just finding places to hunt. That's That could be the downfall for a lot of people that, that just are going to get away from hunting because they just don't have anywhere to go. Um, but, you know, more money needs to be put into the, the, the public lands and in every state, you know, because we're, we're fortunate. We got a lot of public hunting land here in Virginia and other states like Georgia, I'm sure, has a, a fair amount, too. But, uh, yeah, just finding a place to go is, is becoming a problem. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yep. Um, before we let you guys go, because I know you guys got to get rolling, um, we did a podcast not long ago on best rifle caliber for, for whitetail deer hunting. 
we did it in a I guess it was more like, like a, a bracket style. Like a bracket style. Yeah. We had uh, probably 16 or 20. It was a little lopsided. The short action calibers kind of crushed everything. But Well, that's uh, true. Yeah, because... Uh, up until the end. But I think it was eight and eight, eight short action, eight long action. And it was supposed to be sub 300 yard preference and just what it does to a deer. What Does it kill them? Does it not kill them? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Can you buy the ammo? Is it good long range, good short range? Best all around deer caliber. And Georgia deer is probably very similar to a Virginia deer. You don't need a ton of caliber, um, but you still want to hit them, and you don't want to spend all day tracking them. Woo. Let me tell you, first of all, I'm glad Cole's here because I don't know as much We've about a guns bunch of different answers and ammo mm-hmm. as I do bows and arrows. Right. Now, I gun hunt, obviously. Sure. But a lot of mine is muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. So my answer is is I don't know a lot about that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. really don't. There's so, no wrong answer. Well, I, he, I, so I will tell you this. Over the years. Some old caliber. No, it's crazy. Over the years, my best performing ammo over the years for deer has probably been a 280. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was on yeah. the list. That was Didn't make list. it far, but it was, but, a, but, it was but, an excellent caliber. But I'm going to turn it over to Cole now. <laughs> That's a great choice. He, he's in Louisiana. They know all kinds no, of stuff. I, I would say this over the last three years, I've shot a 6.8. Six eight, ah. six eight, six eight western, yeah, six eight western. Okay, nice. And it has been, man, from from whitetail to hogs to mule deer. Yeah, haven't shot an elk, but I have a mule deer, hogs, and whitetail, and it has performed. If you read the ballistics on it, man, I don't know if there's many calibers out there that can that can do what it does. Can do what it does, yeah. and I love it. Doesn't and for all of it, for just about anything on the anything, continent, I would hunt mm-hmm. elk with it. Yeah, I would do anything. How would that compare to a two eighty? It's compared more comparable to a, a two seventy short mag. Okay, it's yep. real close to a two seventy short, but outperforms it. But it's um so not. Not too far, but yeah, it's close. I was just afraid he was going to say a creep more, and I was going yeah. to walk out. So uh, <laughs> Waddell said two forty three. I really yeah, thought he, he said. He I really thought he was going to say a six yeah. five. And I said, no, I'm. We have this man. I'm on a group text with a lot of guys, and then and I'm a anti two uh, six five sometimes. No, nah, nah, I'll shoot it. <laughs> yeah, don't I, get me wrong. I, I hunt talk with that's, five. Man, that yeah. thing. I, I got do. a lot of friends that love that. Yeah, sure. I, and I knew he hunted with it, so yeah. I thought that's what he was going to yeah. say. Yeah, I'm not anti. I shouldn't say that, but it's just everybody's got one. Yeah, well, that it's is, not exciting. It was so exciting in the beginning, then it lost the excitement you know because what, it's you know because I, it's boringly accurate. You know what I just heard? Cole just judged me. I did as a hunter. <laughs> I was he judging judged you before, me. and I, you were yeah, judging me. Yeah, I thought you were going to good friend at CBA. Tony may disagree with me too. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. He may be, a, a, but uh, I don't know why. I don't. I'm just not. This six eight is a good caliber size. I'm not a big fan of the short mags. Which would be why I wouldn't pick something like that or two seventy short mag, but it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It is a hundred percent. I shoot a three hundred. Yeah, just three hundred BRC is bad to the bone. Yeah. too. now that's higher. I know. It's sure, a little more sure. caliber. But. I think a two seventy one R's two seventy one. Yeah, the two seventy Winchester is kind of what one R's because and 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 if you look at it's very just similar sales to sales in too. the state of Virginia. Two seventies by far. I think the most popular. Two forty three is right there with it, but yeah. <clears throat> three oh eight. That was that's my favorite. We were asking the guys at Federal, um, you know, why don't they make more of this or why don't they do more of this? They said they could not get off the press or could could not get away from making 308, 30 out six, and 270. Yeah. Hmm. During COVID, when everybody was asking for, yeah. this, this, for, and this, for and this, basic like, deer calories. We can't go out and make any hmm. of these others because really? we can't. 
can't we deviate can from that. Every second yeah. of every day, and we still would not have still can't get of yeah. those three calibers. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. Because they're proven, yeah. you know, they're, they're and I don't, I, and I traditional used to love calibers. A seven mag, but I don't know if it's a dime. It's kind of yeah, making a comeback. PRC, the seven PRC is sparking a lot of interest. Seven's it. making a little bit of a comeback. I shoot a seven millimeter, and I, that would be certainly my preference. But it's a old man's Man, magnum caliber. There's a lot of good ones. It is. Yeah, I think the first Canadian whitetail I ever shot, I borrowed Waddell's rifle to take up there, and it was a three thirty eight. One mag. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. mag. Yeah. And I thought when he was here, he said two forty three. He said he said well, Michael. He I'm said sure. he said it's not what you think. He said it just kills a deer. It does exactly what it's supposed mm. to. Anybody can shoot it. You buy ammo at any store. It's if you're gonna one rifle man, which wasn't the question, but he said if you're gonna buy one and you have one to do it all, yeah. two forty three hundred grain bullet, do it all. Mm. He makes a good point. Do it all, and you know, living in Virginia yeah, or Georgia or somewhere. Correct. Yeah, I don't like. I, I'm not. A, a, they're not enough caliber no. for me and to me to sell comfortably to an inexperienced. He's killed hunter. a lot of deer. Though, yeah, so I'm not, I'm it has. It's 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 hard to hard to not. And he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. he knows. He it. told us some story when he was here last time. He said he was talking to some good old boy somewhere, and he said, "Man, I." Uh, talking about this big deer y'all kill. All them real tree boys kill a bunch of big deer. You kill a bunch of big deer. And he said, man, you got any big deer at home? He said, Psh, do we? And he held his hand up about four feet off the ground. He goes, about this big? <laughs> he said, nothing to do with their antler size. Nothing to do with how much they weigh. He goes, man, they're about this big. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. I thought that was great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he said, man, they're huge. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's y'all a got, guy. Y'all got, some, y'all got a great crew of guys, and it's very entertaining. I know uh, our customers love it, but, um, and, you know, it was it was great meeting you today, David, because you know yeah, I, I just y'all. watched you for many years on Monster Bucks, man. And well, I think uh, one of our guys back on the rifle wall, Joe, uh, he's got every every one. He's got every, every one. VHS. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, he's probably matter, seen them a hundred yeah. times each. Matter of fact, walking through the store, I think there were two or three different guys came up and says, "We've got every copy of Monster Bucks yeah. at our hunting camp." Cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That is. Rocket's probably one of them. He's, Which I is, guarantee it, he's one of them. Yeah. Which is really very flattering. Yeah. And when people, sure. you know, tell you that. And it speaks volumes of Realtree's business and your impact and the impact it's had on everyone else, too. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a double edged sword. It's definitely, everybody's winning from having good content and good product. Sure. It gives you a job. It gives us great entertainment. It gives us all a good product. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, way around. We all, if we're anybody in this industry, I think we all have a job to to keep carrying on the tradition mm-hmm. in whatever way or whatever capacity that we can, and uh, that whether it's through retail or through uh, entertainment, through whatever it is, um, it's it's what <clears throat> we have to do to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, I know you guys got a busy month, you got a busy a busy day today, but I want to again thank you guys for coming by today. Yeah, appreciate visiting it with us. We appreciate um, y'all. We hope to see you all in October at our expo. I'll be here. Uh, very Excellent. good. Take you up it's, on a, it. it's official. It's yeah, official. Cool. So, very yeah. good. So um, I look forward to it. Yeah. Too. Thank you again, Cole, David. Thank you for being thank here, you. and thank you for thank y'all coming about. Thank yes. y'all. Thank y'all appreciate so much. It, guys. Yep. Hey, man. Good luck. Uh, good luck down south. Good luck to y'all. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. We need it. <laughs> we need it. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby; it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more about Green Top at GreenTopHuntFish.com.